Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless for our 40th episode here on the podcast, bringing you unfiltered opinions on music, sports, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan sitting here with Ryan, Dustin, and Morgan. And uh, make sure to go follow us on all of our social media pages on Twitter and Facebook, as well as on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a great review. And follow us on Spotify. Make sure you smash that subscribe button. All right. Jumping into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ryan, take it away. Sure. Um, well, uh... Good. Hendrick wins again. Sorry to bore America. Um, I, that's another one to finish. Next for, topic. Yep. Another one to finish for the five and the nine. Uh, they're atop the standings with Denny. Um, another uh, another thing that I thought was really cool this week that I wanted to bring up. Um, there's an old uh, Kentucky guy named Rex Jackman, and he's got a podcast that I kind of stumbled into over the last week. And I think his uh, his podcast is really good. It's called Charges. And it's basically where he talks to uh, athletes about how they've kind of stumbled into uh, some bad situations in life. And uh, the one that really stuck out to me and resonated with me personally was the one that he did with Ryan Leaf. Uh, Ryan Leaf's been a real interesting character. And um, I would just encourage people to go check it out. I'm not going to give away more than that. I would just really encourage you, if you've never, haven't thought of Ryan Leaf in 15 years, go check it out. That's because uh, Rex Chapman knows a lot about charges. He likes to steal Twitter content, just like he likes to he liked to steal those Apple products in Scottsdale back in 2015 when he got arrested. You should probably listen to episode one of Charges because Rex Chapman has a word for you, Logan. Yeah, I, Rex Chapman annoys me. I'm not a fan of the guy. The there is there's also a um, I think ESPN did a 30 30 or something on Ryan Leaf that's really good. So I would encourage America to go watch that as well. So moving on from Logan's bad opinions, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) My bad is Garrett Cole. Come on, man. UCLA's own. uh, UCLA beat Carolina this week So in in college baseball. So anyone that's related to UCLA, I'm out on. But I'm especially out on Garrett Cole because he's accused of using spider tack. This is this stuff you can put on a baseball. They use it for weightlifting or like Atlas stones and stuff like that. This product is actually from North Carolina. It's the only place, it's some small little company that sells it and they've been shipping it all over the, to all these different pitchers and stuff like that. Um, this is how he answered when they asked him directly if he was using no spider tack. This is, this is how he answered. Uh, this is a terrible answer, by the way, if you're saying no for anything in the future. Like, did I have 16 beers before we started this podcast? This is how he answered it. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. There are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players, from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. You could have just said no, just pointing it out. <laughs> he basically said Yes. The terrible answer by Garrett Cole, official Yankees pitcher. He was on the Astros team, too. He's just another example of cheating on this podcast. And then... So so he's your favorite. (laughs) Yeah, Yankees pitcher. I'm I'm on record as... (laughs) That's why I figured I'd bring it up. I'm sick of this. So now you're a Yankees fan and a Red Sox fan. I see how that works. When is that Garrett Cole jersey coming in the mail? (laughs) I'm going to move to (laughs) next so I can go for both teams. (laughs) <laughs> and in my ugly I was going to make this tongue in cheek my ugly is that our in-laws came to visit our place this week um, it's actually a good thing uh, or a great thing it's the first time we've had people actually at our new place and it's the first time we've had people at the house in a while it was a little bit stressful leading up to it because my wife is goes above and beyond when it comes to hospitality I think 
two thirds of the podcast knows that. So she had to go out of her way for the first time in a long time to try and help people out. And she does a great job props to her for that. But in the meantime, uh, it was half ugly because there was stress and everything else leading up to it. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> all right, Morgan, good, the bad and the ugly. All right. Let's start with the good. So if all things go well, uh, next weekend, we are taking the, uh, Bridget on her first long trip to go see Crystal's uh, dad up in Lorton, Virginia. You can take a nice little road trip, take uh, her sister, a bunch of uh, baby stuff that she's going to need come September. And uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to hanging out with her dad. He likes to, to drink IPAs and play pool. So we're going to hang out in his basement and do that. Going out on the boat? He's getting a word from his wife. Maybe he wasn't supposed to tell oh. And uh, bringing, and also we're taking Crystal's dad a challenge coin that uh, her new uh, CEO gave her to give to her dad. He was a uh, pilot in the Navy. And her dad was a, was a retired Naval commander. So would hopefully soon we, uh, one, of these, one of these days she can take him up there for a game. And they can chit chat. So hopefully we can go do that next weekend, though. Uh, bad having some turnover at work. My uh, CFO has resigned, as well as a, another person in my billing department. So it's going to be a lot of extra work on my plate for the next foreseeable future because they are not planning on really hiring anybody right now, but maybe shifting things around people's plates to, to save money. Um, so that's gonna be fun. Like I told uh, you earlier, man, sounds like you're the glue man. <laughs> Need to bring that up during review period. <laughs> sounds like they just saved a lot of money by getting rid of the CFO. So maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe one of these days we'll be saying Morgan Irby CFO. That's not gonna Ooh. happen. No, I don't want that. that With that kind of place. attitude, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> This is a podcast about positivity. <laughs> CFO, chief fun officer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So continue, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> My ugly. Um, towards the end of the day today, got a phone call from Crystal. She had to come by and I was actually in the meeting with the two uh my two big bosses going over the issues with the current situation and Brody popped a fever of 100.3 and Bridget's had a cough for about a week. So they both got sent home from daycare, went to go get the COVID testing. That's going to take about 24 to 48 hours. Um, we should know by tomorrow though, probably. Um, but in any event, they're out of daycare until we get the testing back. And if it comes back positive, they're out for 10 days. Um, so, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Brody is just, uh, he's very lethargic and that doesn't have much of an appetite, which is very unusual for him. Um, but we'll get through it. It's going to be okay. He uh, passed out pretty easily in my arms tonight and uh, put him into his crib. He was just dead asleep. <laughs> um, 
but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it on a funny note. Angle, I got a, a better podcast for you for for your race fans, and this could be a, a, two people could be on it, Bill and Chase, and they can call it the uh, the one hit wonders. <laughs> I thought you were going to suggest a real podcast. <laughs> All right, Dustin, good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, yeah. A um, couple of easy ones for me. Good. Uh, they announced Cameron Indoor Stadium will have full capacity next season. So, nice. uh, continuing on from last week, Coach K will get a proper send off. All, what, 9,200 or so seats are going to be every game, I'm sure, full. So, Angle and I, looks like that trip we want to take uh, is possible. Um, That's going to be prime time seats right there, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they play, you know, I don't even know, Halifax Community College, uh, <laughs> it's it's still going to be expensive. But, hell, oh, yeah. got to do what you got to do. Um, bad. Uh, only thing I can say that was really bad this week is Jenny and I invested in a couple of different teams throughout the college world, women's college world series, and including Florida State, which I know is one of Morgan's favorites. And uh, Florida State made it all the way to the end, only to lose today uh, to Oklahoma. Somehow the Big 12 got a got a title out of that. I cheer for the conference, Morgan. Morgan's shaking his hand up and down, cheering for their loss. But I, I cheer for the ACC. I'm loyal to the conference, unless they're wearing ugly powder blue. So they lost today. I was a little sad about that because I invested a couple weeks of watching them play softball. and. It's over now. So on to the next topic. Next thing. That's all I got. That's why you don't invest in Florida State. So free choose you. <laughs> they actually had a couple football players who <laughs> drove from uh Jacksonville. Like they had or no, it was a base it was not a football player, it was baseball players. It's like as soon as they were out, they flew from whatever regional they were in back to Jacksonville. Then they got in their car and drove. We looked it up. It was like a thousand miles and it was about 18 hours of driving to get to Oklahoma city where they hold the mm. softball championships. And so they, they made it there with like eight hours to spare. So I guess hopefully they slept in their car a little bit before they watched the game, but they kept putting them on television. The only reason I know this. So they kept waving at the TV like they were Gomer Powell, but you know. <laughs> Anyway, and those are my good and bad for the week. It was a pretty normal week around here, not a whole lot of report. All right, so for me, I've got two goods and a bad. Uh, first good, I'm going to my first Durham Bulls game on Saturday. I've cool. been living here for nine years, and somehow I've not made it out to the uh, Durham Bulls Athletic Park to see a game, but that oh, changes nice. all this Saturday for a whopping $16. That's what we Dude, love about minor fun. league baseball, folks. It's an affordable. It's the sport of the people. It's so a I'm, fun ballpark. Yeah, I've heard it's really nice. I've uh, I've driven by it, but I've never actually been inside the park, but I'm looking forward to that. It should be fun. Um, second good baseball related still, and I'll get into more, a little bit more of this on the next topic, but NC state baseball advanced to super regionals. They played really, really well, um, in regionals three, and zero. didn't really have a close game hitting the cover off the ball. Pitching was fantastic. So, um, I'll give my brief analysis of the upcoming series in the next segment, but that's, that was a good this past weekend, the bad, um, very briefly Carolina hurricanes are out. I went to the, um, the game the other night. 
um, they, the mask restriction is lifted in North Carolina for um, indoor games now. So it really 100% felt like a normal event for the first time in a while. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a fun experience. Fun to be back in PNC with everybody there and kind of being normal again. But the outcome wasn't what I wanted. So now that the Canes are out, I have zero care about hockey. So moving into the weekend look ahead um, on that note. Hockey is over for this podcast because the Caps, the Canes, and the Bruins are all out, so no one cares anymore. NHL is no longer relevant on MNR. But um, give you guys a brief moment if you want to talk about your teams that you know got eliminated from the NCAA tournament. Don't have to, but ACC champion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have a championship. What do y'all have? <laughs> Well, I can tell you what. Go ahead, Ryan. If you want to say anything about the Tar Heels, no, I was going to say it's kind of boring. Eleven of the sixteen teams in are ranked. There's a couple exciting teams that are Carolina's out, Georgia Tech's out. It's kind of weird. Florida's out, South Carolina's out. That's about it. It's nothing really to write home about. Dallas Baptist knocked out Oregon State. So as a Carolina fan, I'm happy about that because Oregon State can literally go fuck themselves in baseball. <laughs> So I'm happy to hear that wherever Dallas Baptist is, I'm assuming it's in Texas. Uh, I'm happy to hear that they knocked out Oregon State. So uh, I, I believe I believe they're in Nebraska, Ryan, <laughs> like Southern Nebraska. I had to Google what DBU was earlier today to find out what their what their name was. But you got three teams from the ACC left: the Irish, UVA, and State. So the baseball's over, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not cheering for the conference with those three teams. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not cheering for UVA. Not at all. <laughs> I will be cheering for the conference. <laughs> well, obviously, my team's still in it. The alma mater is playing the number one ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. And I'm just going to go on record and say it's going to be a hog slaughter in this weekend, boys. It's time to take down number one. Arkansas is heavily favored, but Get it's em. not out of the realm of possibility. They did not look that good against Nebraska. Nebraska is not a baseball powerhouse. We've been playing good baseball. They've been playing fantastic baseball all year, but... People forget since late March, we're 29 and eight. We play have a much better record on the road than we do um, at home this year. Um, this is going to be the toughest test yet, not just because Arkansas is number one, but also because we haven't played in a, um, air, in a uh, atmosphere like they're going to face down in Arkansas because they have a great baseball culture down there. It's a very loud baseball stadium. But um, reality is, I mean, state, you know, they, they had – seven of the nine guys had multiple hits. Uh, seven of the nine guys had uh, over a thousand on the OPS. Um, they, they've been hitting the cover off the ball. The pitching has been fantastic. We're a little thin in the bullpen. So we need our starters to go deep. Really the only dominant pitcher the uh, Razorbacks have is out of their bullpen with, I believe his name's Kevin cops, he, but he threw 185 pitches over four days this past weekend. So he's going to be coming off a three days rest. If he has to come out of the bullpen and throw four or five innings on Friday. So that first game is imperative for the pack to be able to, uh, hit the ball off these other guys <clears throat> just in case cops is um, superhuman as he's been looking this year and he comes out and still is, is he's been unhittable all year, but I think it's going to be a close series. Realistically, I do think Arkansas ends up winning, but I think they, I don't think they sweep. Um, I think it'll be a two one, but um, obviously I'm hoping for the best, but here we go. Super regional sweet 16 of baseball Packers still that still in it. So you think NC state's going to have a pick pick in with the Omaha's? Oh yeah, that's what it. So uh, my my heart says it's gonna be a hog slaughter. My head says we're gonna lose two to one in the series. But um, I'm for the purpose of the podcast, it's gonna be a hog slaughter. I think you got it. I'm with you. Go state. 
can we shout out one other thing? Our buddy Chris that listens to this podcast, his Arizona Wildcats made it in as well. They're playing uh, Ole Miss, which is actually really interesting. I, I liked watching a lot of the Ole Miss, the Oxford Regional um, this past week. So I think I'll be cheering for Ole Miss. Sorry, Chris. But uh, uh, that said, Ole Miss. Our, 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 Ole Miss you, go against, you, you, you go against our one, our one listener. Yeah, makes it more fun that way. Ole Miss is a fun baseball <laughs> team to watch. Sorry, Chris. Their fans go out and sit out in the outfield and drink quarters full of beer and just get hammered and sit out in the rain and take their shirts off. And it's, it's, a, it's a fun that's, environment. Then they have a beer shower for every long ball. Yeah. Angle, that sounds very familiar. Why does that sound familiar? Because UNCW is Ole Miss uh, North. <laughs> <laughs> did, did they get kicked out of the outfield too? Well, once the lightning happened, but. <laughs> so, Ole Miss, Arizona is interesting if you don't want to watch uh, the Omahaws get slaughtered. Mark it down, folks. And well, I guess I'll give passing mention um, to Vandy versus ECU. Talk about difference in cultures uh, <laughs> with Vanderbilt and, and then the the con folks from Greenville uh, playing in the Nashville regional or super regional. So that should be interesting. Watch ECU's got a solid squad, but enough college baseball angle. It's time for the NASCAR update. Yeah, we'll keep it quick. We're halfway through the year. Hendricks dominating. Denny Hamlin hasn't won anything, but he's at the top of the points board because he's very consistent. Uh, this weekend is the all-star race. Um, it's not for points, but it's a fun thing to watch. It's based out of Charlotte. It's on Sunday. The next race on Father's Day weekend is Nashville. Uh, it's the first race back in Nashville in a very long time. I didn't look up how long it's been, but it's been a minute. And uh, it's also the first week that the coverage switches from Fox to NBC. So we get Dale Jr. back announcing the race. So that'll be kind of uh, interesting and entertaining for people. And Only a good part of NASCAR these days. What's that? Only a good part of NASCAR these days, Jr. Uh, we'll talk more on that later. Uh, Ten races until the playoffs once, once it uh, rolls over on Father's Day. So... That's All it. right. So that's the weekend look ahead. We'll give you one last sports related update <clears throat> with our weekly down on the farm update with, as we've all picked a triple a squad that we've attached ourselves to Morgan, the Durham bulls, Ryan, Nashville sounds me, Gwinnett stripers and Dustin Norfolk tides as it stands here. And the uh, standings on miserable and reckless triple a East standings. The bulls are still in are now in tied in first with the sounds at 22 and nine. Uh, MNR number three ranked team out of fours, Gwinnett Strapper 17 to 15. They're inching ever closer to that 500 mark and <laughs> not been playing as well as they did at the beginning. And then the Norfolk Tides bringing up the rear at 12 and 18. So mm. that'll be uh, interesting to see if the Bulls keep rolling. I'm going to be pulling for them. I think they're playing the Charlotte Knights this Saturday at the game I'm going to. So keep you updated on that each week. So be careful. Sounds lost three in a row to Charlotte and they're the worst team in the league. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on into this week's edition of the southern spotlight where we like to highlight um you know restaurants bars anything like that that really represents southern culture um this week we're going to be throwing it over to dustin for this edition of the southern spotlight yeah so going a little bit different with it this week but it is food related so my our buddy brett recently mentioned when we had him on for the kentucky derby episode that when he Threw his party out in Kansas. His intent was to get a spiral cut ham. He 
he thought, you know, I'm just going to walk on down to the grocery store, get me a spiral cut of ham, you know, put that on sandwiches and serve my folks, and we're going to have a good time drinking bourbon. Come to find out, out in Kansas, couldn't pick up a spiral cut ham down at the grocery store just any old day. That had never dawned on me before. I've only ever lived in North Carolina or Virginia or D.C., but it's close enough to Virginia. And it was always available. Every time I walk past a little area in the middle, it, there's hams just on the, all, all over top of one another. You know, you got Smithfield Ham is out of Virginia. It's always, there's always like a good deal that they're running every other week on it. My wife and I recently just, because of Brett saying that, bought a ham and made it. And it was delicious. And you can make all kinds of spiral cut ham. You can make them. We made them one time with Dr. Pepper glaze. <laughs> There's all kinds of glazes that you can make. They're just fantastic. But it it only recently dawned on me how southern the ham is. And we're we're all about the pig down here. I mean, when, oh, it's yeah. not just piggly wiggly. It's 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 our barbecue, which you know that's just a whole nother episode and a whole nother discussion about different regions, different barbecues. But we're we're pork land down here and the ham is a reminder of that and i'm glad that brett brought that up because it made me appreciate that much more every bite of that 10 pound ham that i bought over the course of about three weeks because that's how long it took us to eat it so for my southern spotlight i would encourage everyone everyone to get yourself a ham figure out what kind of glaze you want i highly recommend a dr pepper style it's very good Put it in the oven. Only takes two or three hours to get it all heated up and glazed and nice. And you'll be eating on that for at least two or three weeks. Dustin, well, you and I might are probably going to be the only ones to get this reference when you said, um, yeah, D.C., it's close enough to Virginia. It made me think uh, to reference the McLaughlin group when they were talking about guns that time. It's the same with hams. <gasps> They're getting them from Virginia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I, you can't beat good old you know pigs one of the best things out there all the different types of things so and yet piggly wigglies down in the south i would encourage you to visit one of those america if you go if you're in a town where there's one get you a shirt that says i'm sticking with the pig but again maybe we can spotlight piggly wiggly another week it rolls back around to you take notes <laughs> that's all i got i encourage you to get a spiral cut ham and i know brett would agree so um we'll make it unanimous with his uh with his input all right so that's this week's southern spotlight throw it over to ryan for the next topic sure so last week we debuted a, a new segment called florida or the field where i find a headline and kind of read a little bit of the story. And then the guys have to guess if this happened in Florida or if this happened in the rest of the South. Uh, we kind of ripped this speaking of cheating and taking content. We ripped this from <laughs> the Florida, Florida or Germany segment that they used to do on uh loan line back in the day. So giving credit somewhat where it's due, although that was 20 years ago. So I think there's a statute of limitations. <laughs> Here's the headline guys blank. Cause take all this stuff out of it. Blank teacher emerges as TikTok star, eyes Hollywood. I didn't know if you guys had heard about this or not. It says he is the human embodiment of dance like no one's watching with a disarming wholesomeness spread in his native small town. This 25-year-old dresses like a flamboyant nine-year-old with a credit card and no parental su supervision and makes it look good 
right down to his trademark pink Crocs festooned with, I hope I'm saying this correctly, gibbets, the little cartoon character shaped charms he adds to the rubber shoes ventilation holes. This is a true story. His TikTok, I don't want to laugh into the mic. His TikTok account, Mr. Hamilton has 5.6 million followers and a lot of energy. He does voices. Maybe the how it feels to chew five gum guy talking about how it feels to run a meth lab. Maybe maybe an impression of the neighbor who knocked on his door to randomly (laughs) offer him, this is in the story, Dustin, an entire ham. He sings. Maybe a couple of gay Delilah that is actually about a stripper or a jingle for pizza rolls that is actually about depression. It's enough to get him recognized in the Walmart as Mr. Hamilton or maybe, hey, aren't you the TikTok guy, which still seems to blow his mind a little bit. Uh, not everyone gets it, said his mother. Some of our friends, his grandparents, they don't understand how he can make money just logging onto this thing and being himself. It's kind of a partly a small town way of thinking. You think more practically here. You don't know anyone who's made it in entertainment. But I told him to go. Do it now while you have the opportunity. So he quit his job as a teacher. The money so far, he said, has been about 30% more than his teaching salary. Payouts come via the TikTok creator fund. I don't know what that means. Sometimes that means $900 a day. He got around 15 grand to be the face of Honey Baked Ham's Ham hacks for Easter. <laughs> I'm just so happy you picked ham because it was all through the story. <laughs> and for the record, yeah. we had no idea. We did not coordinate that. <laughs> Correct. What do you guys think? Small town teacher becomes American TikTok star. <laughs> we should we should say it at the same time so we don't. So there's no disagreement. On this. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Florida. Field. Georgia. Morgan, you're the only one that was correct. <laughs> I should the the I almost, City, I almost went with Florida just because of the reference to meth. <laughs> that was the one that Fair. I thought I'd give it away. <laughs> Fair. But at the same I, time, I was, mat- lean, I was mat- leaning towards Florida at all until he said the meth neighbors yeah. give Florida. I was convinced that it was Georgia until the meth thing, and then it had me doubting myself. But I was like, I've already made up my mind, so I'm going to stick with Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if every week I just pick someone from Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> so that was this week's Florida of the field. Apparently, if you want, if you've ever been missing, uh pizza roll jingles to make you think of depression. You can find at Mr. Hamilton on TikTok. You can also have the Chinese government follow <laughs> you there as well. Is <laughs> that? Yeah, it really just reinforces this meme I saw the other day where it says this generation of people that are making money really are the generation of PBS, whether it's Patreon, you know, OnlyFans, TikTok. It's uh, financed by viewers like you. <laughs> I think we're gift. It's the gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Well, our youngest brother's two dogs have something like fifteen thousand TikTok followers. Yeah. If anyone wants to follow it, it's at Sammy Sandwich on TikTok. What? Yeah. Yeah. And he won't advertise the podcast. We're like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a big audience. 
Yeah. yeah, he won't. He won't share. He's he's. But yet he puts a Chinese app on his phone. Yeah, I'm pretty anti TikTok, but I've gotten on TikTok, uh, just like on the website to watch some of these videos. I ain't gonna lie, some of them are pretty funny. The dogs do crazy skits and everything. Like one time they had cowboy hats on them and we're playing the uh, good old boys uh, Dukes of Hazard theme song. Oh, the white bread to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. <laughs> Makes sense. Sammy Sandwich from White Bread. <laughs> uh, that was Florida of the Field. And a brief update on TikTok follows. <laughs> All right, Morgan, anchor topic. Take it All away, right. my man. Okay. Wow. That was interesting. Good good job there, Angle. I, I love, I, I really do look forward to your, your Florida and the Fields. <laughs> so, you know, as, as you guys know, we've been at this for about 40 episodes or so now. Done, we've done a few interviews so far. Uh, you know, as uh, travel becomes easier, work family allow we plan to do uh, many more of these interviews hopefully highlights musicians bartenders athletes chefs uh, all types of people even had my uh, my buddy brian vaughn on here just recently who's uh, a video he directed one uh, female video of the year at the cmt awards last night for uh, the gabby barrett uh, the good one so shout out to him on that one. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. saw it was on last night. I didn't turn it on though. I'm glad yeah, I think, yeah, it was pretty awesome for him. So it's pretty cool that we get to have these uh can try and find some of these people to come on and chit chat with them and ask them questions about their about their work. And so with that we decided, you know, what would be, you know, maybe the top three people we would wanna have on, each one of us have on to, to interview, talk to them about their their day-to-day work life, things that they love or hate. And so that's what we're going to do here. And, you know, it's going to throw it around to each one of us and just kind of, you know, talk about why we would want to interview these people. So I'm going to throw it over to, to Angle if he wants to start out. Oh, yeah. Um, so we talked this week if we were going to do dead or alive. Yeah. And, uh, we kind of left it open-ended because we figured it was more interesting. I went with the alive, but uh, obviously um, Tony Bourdain or someone like an Ernest Hemingway or even Mr. Rogers, those would be interesting people I could think of. Okay. But I picked alive people because I, for a reason, um, did I decide I wanted to do connection to cultural points. So band, sports, stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty good, Dustin. I just saw your chat. <laughs> He made a Bon Jovi reference better alive. It's funny. Uh, good joke. I'll give, you, I'll give you credit for it on the podcast. But uh, so, anyways, that's that was good. Um, we, we America, we try and crack each other up while we're talking on the mic. It usually works pretty well. So, anyways, we, we're ahead. usually pretty successful at hitting. Music, oh yeah. But every now and then, <laughs> you catch somebody in the middle of something. That's when it's it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so how did I decide about living people? I wanted to do someone I respected. Uh, I tried to keep it someone who was Southern. Uh, I wanted it to be someone who was connected to a lot of different things that they would be uh, an interesting interview. So bands, athletes, sports, music, whatever. 
I think I said bands and music in there twice. And then uh, in, internal struggle. So someone that's trying to overcome something, it makes it a little bit more of an interesting story, whether they're more vulnerable or self-aware or tough or whatever. So I had a couple of things, but um, we, I prefaced this earlier, but I thought about doing Dale Jr. because of um, him growing up in his dad's shadow and the stories he has growing up at the racetrack and Dude, superstardom, like he's been on the Daily Show and a thousand other different places and been all over the world and connected with Mountain Dew and all sorts of other people. Uh, he's an interesting guy because of the business of racing, how he found uh, happiness after his dad died, let down some of his walls when he met his wife. Well, this all sounds very sappy, right? Well, the only reason I knew about uh, any of this stuff related to Dale Jr. is because I read a guy named Wright Thompson's piece on him. And so I figured that I would skip over Dale Jr., surprisingly, and I'd go straight to the source. Um, so Wright Thompson is going to be my first one. He's uh, 44. He's from Mississippi. He lives down in Oxford, down by Ole Miss. ESPN writer with a wide breadth of stories. Um, he's lived and worked in KC and New Orleans, so he knows his way around food for sure. Um, he's got a show on SEC Network right now called True South with John T. Ed, who's very famous in the chef and food community. Uh, I mentioned Oxford. It's on the top of my short list of places to visit. Um, very soon. I've never been there before. I'd love to go. Um, maybe as I'd love to go as part of and, and do interviews with people at the library and some of the other famous places down there. Um, he's probably in my, in my opinion, and others agree with me, including Marty Smith, uh, the greatest writer or storyteller of our time right now. I'll talk about his voice for a brief second. If, if he came on this podcast, you all would hear a voice that sounds like whiskey dripped in molasses. And I'm not even, I mean, it, that's exactly what it sounds like. Oh yeah, definitely. He, he sounds like it's like super raspy, but also very smooth. It's pretty, you would just want to have him narrate. Uh, he's like a Southern Morgan Freeman, like yeah. where he, he just drips to South and you just want to listen to him or like read you stuff. Agreed. Oh, I think he was on the Rich Eisen show once and also the Dan Patrick show, and it was really good interview. I enjoyed it. Talking about his books that he's written. I just, I, I picked up his uh, sports writing book this week because I, I yeah. just really wanted to kind of dive into it. He's got another book out about Happy Van Winkle, which is literally about the, the history of the Happy, uh, van winkle family and how they put together bourbon but it's it's also literally about being in your dad's business because it gets passed down from generation to generation so two interesting books there um he, he covers all sorts of interesting stuff like this he covers emotion and nostalgia without giving away people's vulnerabilities he's covered Dale jr tiger woods michael jordan um you can go look these pieces up uh, i may bring up the tiger woods article next week because it was about it was he put it out on father's day um, he covers interesting experiences, Kentucky Derby, the Masters. He did the voiceover like we were talking about for a number of different things, um, including the most recent. He did the Masters this year. He did the most recent. Um, what was that? The Heritage down in uh, Rhode Island that he did the voiceover for LSU football. I mean, I could go on. He's narrated 30 for 30s. Guy's curiosity knows no end. He's traveled the world to cover things he finds fascinating, which I think is great. Um, that's my dream job. He's gone to uh, India to cover cricket. He's gone to Spain to cover bullfighting. He interviewed Conor McGregor in Dublin. Um, I don't know. He just seems to know everybody. He was on a podcast with Marty Smith recently. He told a story where he name dropped Junior Johnson's wife, or excuse me, widow, Lisa. And then he <clears throat> proceeded to tell a story where he hung out at Bowman Gray Stadium eating meat sandwiches that 
Junior Johnson had made him while they were sitting on top of the holler talking about racing. I mean, just talk about like an incredible, like, and that was just a one-off in, in between all his other stories. I think it'd be a fascinating uh, guy to have on the podcast. And I think it'd be perfect for this one. So that was my number one pick. Oh yeah. He's definitely an author on my, on my list of, of next to read. I haven't read any of his stuff yet, but I've been, I've been, it's, it's on my list. Who's going next? Right. I'll, I'll go next. I'll throw on there. My, my first one would, and this is going to be a shocker, right? Uh, Frank Beamer. No. Really? <laughs> Former <laughs> Virginia Tech football head coach. He's, uh, he's, he put Virginia Tech football on the map. You know, he came from a fancy, was it Fancy Gap, Virginia? A small town area. Came there to a football team. He played football there, went off to coach at Murray State, came home to Virginia Tech football. Team was losing records. You know, they were, never had really a highlight of anything going on for them at all. And he turned them into a powerhouse. Uh, he, he went after football players that nobody would pay attention to. He went to the, the horrible areas of, of Virginia Beach and, and found kids that were looking for an outlet to, to get out of their towns to go play football and to make something of uh, themselves and get a better life. And he, I mean, he took one star, two stars, kids who he wouldn't even rank and just turn them into to men. I mean, he, he brought them in. He, he, he taught them more than football. He taught them about life. You know, he gave them an opportunity to be something more than they could ever be. Yeah, he, he's he's a definite he's definitely a good role model to have you know brought his lunchbox to work every day (laughs) (laughs) that was mentality that was bud foster bud foster create the lunch pal sorry i get all my old football coaches (laughs) he just he's a good guy and i would love to hear his stories about uh this is you for the football games preparing the these young men in, in the locker room to take the field against you know the likes of, of Alabama uh, and uh, these other programs that he would he would schedule these games against teams with rank with you know filled it with nothing but one and you know five star and four star players and he's coming on the field like one two star football players like how do you prepare these these young men in the locker room to to do that, it's be interesting to hear stories. Absolutely, yeah. I've always actually had a lot of respect and really like Frank Beamer. Um, the you know just that hard nose like football with the emphasis on defense and special teams. Like, I mean, it's an admirable thing uh, for him to have had that longevity and be able to play that way. Especially when you look at the the state of college football now, where it's all it's all offense everybody plays big 12 style football so it's it's kind of you know it's it's something to be said for for playing beamer ball yeah he never he never tried to sell the program i guess first give away the program to, to get the big football player to come to, to to the school to play you know he wanted people who wanted to be there yeah he he always had is for him it was you know morals and ethics on on his football team you had to represent yourself on and off the field when you're at Virginia Tech. And if they weren't, um, yeah. Of course, someone likes to mention Michael Vick. 
<laughs> in the comments. But, you know, his his troubles happened after Blacksburg when he went to the lovely city of Atlanta. Um, <laughs> but you know, and and he did his he Michael Vick did his time, and Frank Beamer stood beside him his entire time, even when he was in prison. Went and would go and visit with him and sit with him and talk, you know, about life after prison. They would talk about the Bible. You know, he he never gave up on any of his uh, his football players ever. There's actually a really interesting. Uh, I think Marty Smith interviewed him, like uh, for ESPN after he got out of prison. It was pretty interesting. They sat and like played chess in a park somewhere, and it was uh, I don't know. It was just interesting, like look at the his fall from grace, what he learned in prison, and then what he was he how he got himself back together post prison. In his book, yeah, the interview with Michael Vick is in Marty Smith's book. Yeah, that would be that would be one of my people to have on, though. Definitely a good choice. Oh yeah, man. All right, I guess I'll go next. Um, I would like to say that you guys have both had very thoughtful, um, <laughs> good people that are good leaders, and my first one just seems like it'd be one hell of a good time. It's none other than six-time WWF champion, the Texas Rattlesnake, the Bionic Redneck, the toughest <laughs> son of a bitch in the World Wrestling Federation, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Just a beer-drinking good old boy from Victoria, Texas, arguably, if not the number one and uh, best and most influential wrestler of all time. Stone, Ke- Stone Cold Steve Austin would just be a hell of an interview to sit down and maybe order up some of his... Uh, Broken Skull IPA beers that he has. There you go. Be able to sit there and have a conversation with him talking about, you know, some road stories of his days in professional wrestling. You know, I, I've seen many documentaries on him. I've, I've read some stuff on him. And he's just like, you know, the man's got a, a lot to say about, like, the inner workings of the business and, like, you know, his his ascent um, to being the most recognizable star of the of the sport for or sports entertainment, if you want to call it that, for uh, a good little while. And I, I even argue that he at his height was bigger than Hulk Hogan. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like I said, is just a good old boy. I think he'd be a really fun interview. If you don't follow him on Instagram, you should, because yeah. he treats it like he's just some guy posting on the Instagram. Yeah. He doesn't like try to pretend to be an influencer or like, and if he gets paid for stuff, he's good at making it not obvious. And, uh, and every Saturday night, he does a uh, Saturday night chug of his Broken Skull IPA where he plays a song and does like a 60-second clip of him basically not like straight chugging, but basically just chugging his IPA and then like, cheers, and then he turns the video off. So, <laughs> he's, yeah. he, he's a dude that like legit is when he was at the top of the wrestling business in like 98 or 99 and he was a millionaire and everybody recognized him, he was going through a bitter divorce. And he said that he just would, uh, he, when he, he left and where his house was, where his family was and had to move out because of the divorce, he bought a trailer and put it not very far where, uh, from where the house was said that he had a TV sitting on a uh, cinder block with a lawn chair and a cooler of beer and said he was content. <laughs> the man was a millionaire. <laughs> Hell, I saw him the other day selling like a uh, some I don't know what it was an ATV or something, and he he put posted it like it was a Craigslist ad, and it was like six grand, you know, for like this thing. And I was just like, what the fuck? This guy is, you know, 
three million Instagram followers or something. He's <laughs> acting like he's putting up a Craigslist ad. <laughs> he was uh, his interview on the Rich Eisen show one time was hilarious. They're uh, talking about um, I think it was Rich, the Rich Eisen show, Dan Patrick show. I can't remember now. But they were at his like, well, you had you know how how did it get you know out on the road when you guys were you know in during wrestling? And he said, well, I've been married four times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he legit has he has a really good podcast too um that I recommend people to hear. He has like real cool conversations with people from the wrestling business that you know, they just sit around shoot the shit talk about, you know, road stories and everything. It's very fun listen, but um I always I got to shout out too cuz I I've used this analogy with people in the office many times and they're like you know, uh, you just can't trust some people. I thought you could. I was like, "No." I said I learned as a little kid from Stone Cold Steve Austin is DTA. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> Good advice for life. Really, I could definitely, I could definitely crack a beer for him. Hell yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that would be awesome. I'd be into that. All right, all of mine, I'll keep relatively brief, and they're not going to shock anybody. So let's just dive right into them, Uh, or at least the first one. I'm going to go with Marty Smith since I knew no one else was going to pick him. I had a few areas that I thought would be interesting to talk to him about. One is he's a small town guy. I'd like to talk about small town Southern life. I think that would fit very well on this podcast. He was very much a like faith and family in small towns and doing it. It wasn't, you know, Logan and I had the Sonic 500, but it was the, uh, he rode down to the Hardys and back, uh, back in, in his tiny little town. So, I think that would be an interesting discussion point. He also played high school football and he really, really values high school football. And I'd like to talk about like the Friday night lights and the team bonding and the atmosphere. Their team won state. So I'd like to talk to him about like that run and sort of some of the things that went on with it. Cause I think that really kind of, I mean, if you love, you know, when it comes to life lessons and when it comes to growing up like high school football, Friday night lights, incredible and i think he would be a good guy to speak to that and then lastly uh he attended radford university which is where my wife went and uh i would love to just pick his brain on like his time there like what were his favorite haunts you know where what how did it mold his career and his life um what was it like being able to go back and you know give a commencement speech at the school that you went to you know 20 years prior so those are, I would probably talk more about those areas. And I think it would be interesting to hear that because most of the, you know, instead of digging into the many inc- other incredible stories that I know he has about athletes and famous people and just all the other incredible, he's been all over the world at this point. So that's why Marty Smith was my first pick. And none of these were in any particular order. I didn't know we were ranking them. I guess I should have known on this podcast that we were doing a ranking. <laughs> I didn't rank any of them, so. <laughs> I love my my interview equally. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people say about their children, but I'm told that's not true. So, is Landon the most loved? <laughs> That's the younger DeBerry brother. <laughs> he got away with the most. He did get away with the most. You guys want me to go next? Yeah. 
Logan, I'm glad, I'm glad you got back for this because you're going to snicker. Mine's Chase Rice. <laughs> now, think about what we have in common. Uh, he's born September of 85 in Ormond Beach, Florida, which is on the first coast in Florida, which I love dearly. Just above or just below St. Augustine, just above Daytona. Moved to North Carolina uh, after he was born. Uh, in, in, basically in high school. Played starting linebacker at Carolina during the same four years I went to games there. When he graduated, an injury kept him out of the NFL, so he moved on to uh, the NASCAR Hendrick Motorsports pit crew. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Um, he dealt with failure in the NFL by uh, – I'm not saying we're the same person. I'm saying we have the same interests. I was about to say, when did you play Carolina and work in NASCAR? <laughs> dealt with uh, – when, when did you write uh, such wonderful songs like, mm, girl? You don't know what I've written. I just <laughs> waiting to get when, my uh, waiting to get my stuff out there. When when did we enter Fantasy Island here? <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up because he dealt with failure in the NFL by recreating himself by going on uh, Survivor Morgan, where he plays second. Um, he was able to push himself there. Uh, he's pointed out in the past it was more about finding his own grit than getting the money. Um, I'll leave a lot of this out, but I've, I've had a period in my life where I decided I was going to go try and try my hand at something just to see if I could do it and compete with the people that were doing it as opposed to getting paid for it. Uh, we could definitely communicate a little bit about the Nashville music scene, the bars, spots, business, friends, et cetera, especially his friends uh, that are down there. Um, I had some interesting questions that uh, I've heard asked of him in the past. And uh, I don't feel like he gave some, uh, some great answers, but uh, there are definitely questions that I feel like I've had to struggle with in my life, which is uh, what's it like to have success in the bank when it's not exactly yours? Um, for those that don't know, he wrote Cruise by Florida Georgia Line, and uh, he gets the all the all the royalties for that, but he didn't exactly do the song. Um, and I know that that kind of sticks in his craw a little bit. And then uh, I know he really wants to get success on his own two feet. Um, I'm very familiar with feeling that and uh, working in the same industry as a certain other person with my last name. Um, definitely not taken seriously by Landon and his ilk because of the bro country and his partying ways. But I'd be curious to know what anybody else would do with that kind of money, especially at that age. Um, I think he has an interesting relationship with his dad. He lost to cancer. Uh, he's written a few songs about him. And his uh, first album he actually put out on his dad's birthday. Uh, credits his dad with his faith. He definitely has a complicated relationship with alcohol and Jesus. <laughs> and uh, he's written a few songs about that. And last but not least, he wrote the song Carolina Can, which is the only song I know of that references Wrightsville Beach. And the only song I can guarantee you that when we go to a concert, we scream at him to play, starting with <laughs> the first two minutes of the show and finally ending when he plays it and then we start yelling for an encore so <laughs> sorry about that if you're listening chase <laughs> so chase rice i think would actually be a very interesting person maybe for me to interview but uh, i think it'd be interesting for the podcast yeah if i'm being honest i actually would think that chase rice would be an interesting guy to talk to yeah. um i i don't necessarily say i'm a, as big of a fan of his as you guys are say for a handful of songs but um, I do think that he he seems like he's a fun guy to hang out with, and I think he'd be a good interview. I uh, hope he can eventually write some more Carolina Can and a little less Oon Girl, to your point. <laughs> I think we've, we've beat that into the ground on this podcast a few times. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, my next guy I interview would be one of the first uh, comedians I remember watching on on TV or in a movie. It'd be Bill Murray. Is one of the funniest people I've ever seen on on TV and, and movies. I mean, you talk about Stripes, you got Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, Groundhog's Day. He was started what second season of SNL. Funniest person I've ever seen. Stripes was actually one of the first movies I've ever seen as a kid, and that movie was hilarious. Some people didn't like. I guess didn't think that was one of his best ones, but that was hilarious. And I did the interview, I mean, the, the stories that he could tell of working with, uh, with, you know, Dan Aykroyd and all the people from SNL. I'm sorry, I'm, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I guess I'm in my throat. <laughs> Getting a little emotional. Anyway, so Bill Murray would be the next person I would want to interview. That's it. <laughs> ask him, All right. Would you ask him about his minor league baseball team in Charleston? Yes. That I would like to hear more about. Oh, yeah. He does own one, doesn't he? The yeah. River Dogs. Yeah. Dogs. That and Caddyshack. Charleston is one of our favorite subjects, so we'd probably just end up talking about Charleston the whole time. And then Morgan would be like, guys, I have this list of 30 questions I wanted to go over. And he'd be like, no, no, no. Well, have you ever been to the rooftop of the Mendu? <laughs> what about the Newberry Hotel? <laughs> <laughs> I've peed in that parking lot. <laughs> no, Bill Murray would be a fun guest because, I mean, he's a, a hilarious human being. So oh, yeah. I think that would be a, a definitely a fun one. Anybody that's like funny is like perfect for a podcast. Too bad none of I would us definitely, are I would definitely like to ask him <laughs> if he improvised the end the entire bit from Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my next one is one that I think that we, most of us could agree on. Um, it's a North Carolina guy. Um, just to piggyback off of Angle's pick and music, but that's Eric Church. Eric Church is a, is a guy that um, not, he, he's arguably one of, if not the best in the mainstream currently, but he's just a fantastic songwriter in his own right. Grew up out in Caldwell County in Western North Carolina, went to App State. Unfortunately, he's friends with Mac Brown and is a Carolina fan where he wore those uh, Carolina Blue Jordans and when he was rehearsing for the Super Bowl um, national anthem. But can't, yeah, I mean, you mistakes. can't. Not, nobody's perfect. So like you said, Morgan, we all make mistakes and sometimes people don't see the error in their ways, even to their older age. So, uh, Eric's wrong on that one, but Eric church, just being able to talk to him about, you know, his, his journey in music, like, you know, the, the songs that he's done. And then on top of that, I, I, I really do believe that like, we probably all would have a good bit in common, just, you know, the North Carolina connection. Um, he, he's very familiar with sports in the ACC. I think that it would be a natural fit for miserable and reckless. Agree, 100%. Do we have unanimous consent? He's coming on next yeah. week, right? Yeah, we didn't. We were trying to wait till the end of the episode to debut this, but next oh. week's special guest. <laughs> oh my God, amazing. <laughs> wait, the way that we're going to handle this on Twitter is just tagging all of the people that were picked, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, be like, these are our dream guests. <laughs> it's every hour on the hour, resend the tweets. <laughs> It, it will only bother the people who are their handlers because they don't actually read or write their own stuff. Well, maybe write Thompson, but not, not the rest of these guys. 
<laughs> I think Bing that, uh, I think that Marty does too. Yeah, he apparently he pops in and out, but his producer guy like helps run it some too. So we'd right. probably mostly be annoying him. I know one guy we could have tweeted at that um definitely ran his own account that would have been a major get, but I I hear he's been banned from Twitter. Are you making a political joke? The oh. Former president. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that is that where you're going with this? He definitely ran his own account. <laughs> he, could, he, could, he definitely did. We could uh, play Florida the field with him. That'd be perfect. You know? That's true. I just imagined him when he was in the Oval Office sitting in the East Wing on the toilet watching Fox and Friends and tweeting something at 6 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, that, that interview would, would have been great. I'm telling you, it would be great. Be oh, great. definitely would. <laughs> I hear you. Absolutely. All right. Getting this train back on track. Uh, another what, shot the Trump train? Another shot for you, Coach K, would be my next pick because um, I want to keep bringing him up. I want to find a way to work him into every episode until he retires. Um, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to really work on that one, but I'll, I'm going to see if I can keep that going. Um, be a few areas that I thought would be interesting. Uh, obviously off court stories, at least the ones he'd be willing to share. I think it'd be interesting to get a little look into that. Maybe some funny ones, maybe some interesting or, you know, a little more, uh, meaningful ones, but it would just, after a career that he's had in the years that he's put in, you know, he would have a lot. I'd also be interested in like his leadership style and lessons and takeaways after 40 plus years of wrangling, you know, universities and players and staff and dealing with the NCAA and USA basketball. And just, he, he deals with a massive group of people with a big amount of personality. Like it would just be interesting to see how he dealt with it. What were some of the failures? What were some of the successes? What would he advise people who are trying to improve that part of their lives? I think he could have insight on that. Um, and I think, I'd also just be interested um, about uh, the recruiting process over the years, like his philosophy that guided it and what got him to that, you know, helped him be a success. Because in a lot of ways, it sells. And so he'd be managing a process. And I just really would like to hear, like, how he was able to maintain that, how he was able to build relationships with, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old people and convince them to come there and maintain relationships with players. I mean, with his web of network is so big now. Like, how does he continue to have those relationships and, and be a success at it? Um, and that would also, is almost another, like, management aspect of it. But, and then I'm sure we'd probably have some fun talking about some of the fun moments of the years or fun, fun players over the years. So, that's kind of my thought process on uh, why I would pick Coach K wholeheartedly agree and endorse that um obviously like we said last week one of my if not my favorite coach of all time um it, it would just be an incredible experience to sit down and talk to him and then i'd also get to apologize for the bad first impression i made <laughs> that actually would be the we'd lead with that sir i'm sorry <laughs> I, I just turned 21 man i mean come here break <laughs> you work with kids <laughs> Oh. Angle, what you got? Speaking of kids, um, 
my next one, I think was a little out of the blue, but I felt like it had a little something for everyone and it was a good fit for the pod. Cameron Crow. Um, the youngest Rolling Stone contributor at the age of 15. His first cover story at the age of 16 for Rolling Stone was on the Allman Brothers. Mm-hmm. Covered, among others, Led Zeppelin, Allman Brothers, Jackson Brown, the Eagles, Eric Clapton, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Fleetwood Mac, and Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers. He directed the movies Almost Famous. Uh, for those that don't know, the movie about riding in a band, it's basically a self-autobiographical uh, story of his journey being on the road as a 16-year-old with the Allman Brothers and other bands. Uh, Elizabethtown, it's been brought up a couple times on this, but not uh, Louisville. And, and going on a road trip to get over the loss of your dad while listening to good music. He's also done a Fast Times Ridgemont High, Singles. I know Morgan brought that up in the past on his um, one of his playlists. Had an unknown band called Pearl Jam in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, in that movie, Singles. And then he also did the Pearl Jam documentary, 20. Um, he's directed Tom uh, music videos for Tom Petty, Alice in Chains, and Pearl Jam. He's uh, credited with partially discovering grunge, including Nirvana. Uh, but the reason why I would have him on, his job is basically writing beautiful stories about music and inserting the perfect music into each scene in a movie. That sounds like my dream job, honestly. And uh, uh, if, if it's not right, Thompson's traveling to places and writing about it. It's uh, writing stories and then putting the exact perfect music into it. So I guess I like writing and music. I, sorry. But Dude, that, would, <laughs> that would be an amazing uh, interview just to talk to him about his him how he wrote the uh, Fast Times of Ridgemont High script how he went undercover at a uh, yeah. at a high school to to figure out how kids were acting and how they were at that that time and yeah. then of course say anything was also an amazing movie I mean the iconic you know boombox over over John Cusack's head scene with Phil you know. Um, oh, I can't think of the artist's name in your eyes, like Peter Gabriel. I mean, just his his involvement with the soundtracks in the movie is is also awesome. Fun fact: our guest Phil Kaminsky hit the name of his band that he was part of previously. They took their name Lloyd Dobler from "Say Anything." Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. Long story short, he designs. I, I had a note here. He basically designs a road trip of a movie, and he just picks each track as the trip moves along. He's had a fascinating career. And fun fact: I didn't know if you guys knew this or not. In the movie Almost Famous, he wrote three of the five Stillwater songs that the band plays. Did so, not know uh, that. That's pretty cool. I did not know that. That is awesome. Yeah. So he's got a little career as a songwriter too. So Cameron Crow. We'll keep it short and simple, but. Excellent, excellent, uh, interesting interview. Amazing, great pick, buddy. <laughs> so my next one, and I swear I, I, I didn't, you know, it's gonna be funny, but my next and last interview would be Eddie Vedder. So as you, you speak of Cameron Crowe and <laughs> the, you know the grunge and everything, it's hilarious that you pick that one. But yeah, Eddie Vedder's his his. Um, songwriting is is probably one of my favorites um his his one uh song uh, breathe yep. he just sings about um he tells you know his i guess his future kid you know um to go and find your own way you know i can't, I can't show you how to get there even if i want to 
Um, I just would love to hear his stories about uh, the small bar venues that they used to play at with, you know, Alice in Chains and Nirvana and Soundgarden back in the, in the late 80s and early 90s before all of them got famous. The road trips, you know, he started out in, in uh, Southern California surfing and working as a roadie and then got, got the gig. Someone told the members of Pearl Jam before they created Pearl Jam, they were looking for a singer, and they said, well, you've got to hear this guy sing. And uh, it's like a cassette tape. As soon as they got the cassette tape, they heard his voice. They had him on a flight up to Seattle. As soon as he landed, they went right to the basement and started recording. Um, he's just a, you know, he's, I'll be short, short though, he's a phenomenal person. I've seen him live once. Their shows are amazing. He's probably one of my favorite artists and songwriters. Excellent choice. Yeah, Thanks. that's another one I think would be really cool. I, think I love how, I love how Pearl Jam, you know, can mix that grunge sound with a little bit more of an arena rock, more mainstream flair to where yeah. I, while I consider myself kind of a quasi fan of grunge, it makes it a little easier for someone like me to get into. Oh yeah. And this is antics. I would I would love to hear where he got, you know, I guess not the balls, but like to climb up on top of the uh, the stages and hang from the rafters in his earlier days. Yeah, definitely uh, endorse that one as well, Morgan. <clears throat> so my last one, um, probably no one would guess that I would, would say this one, so it's a little out of left field, but it's a comedian and podcast host who I am uh, have over the last year become a pretty big fan of, <clears throat> guy out of Louisiana named Theo Vaughn. Um, his, he has a couple podcasts this, this past weekend with Theo Vaughn and King and the Sting. Both of them are very, very funny podcasts. Um, I definitely recommend people checking that out, but just that guy is a good interviewer and he seems like he'd be a good interview and the stories he has, which I know a lot of them on the podcast, since he's a comedian, he embellishes a lot and then sometimes outright makes stuff up, but it's a, it's a hilarious listen. And I really think that, um, you know, he would be able to bring a lot of uh, a different flair to the podcast than a lot of the people we we've said here. Um, I definitely check those podcasts out because I mean, he's, he's definitely in on that mullet train right now <laughs> that it, it seems to be sweeping across all the rednecks across the Southeast. But Theo Vaughn is, uh, you know, somebody who I would love to sit down and have a conversation with, even if we couldn't record it. So, uh, you know, gang, gang, Theo, come on the show. Seems like everybody's in agreement on that. Uh, I'll bring this home, but <clears throat> I'll do it this way. Um, I couldn't really pick like a third one. I just, I knew for sure Marty and Coach K, but beyond that, I was like, I don't know. I'd just be throwing something against the wall and saying like, oh, that's the one I want. So um, I kind of cheated and re it's really not about the podcast, but the idea did come from Marty Smith. I would say I'd like to sit down and do a conversation with my grandparents. And uh, I would like to do it because and Marty writes about it in his book, how he sat down with his grandfather, who he loved and was very close to, but didn't know a whole lot about, especially his time serving in World War II and some of his younger years and things like that. And he sat him down many, many, many years ago before he passed away and did an interview, recorded it, um, and he said he treasures it 
to this day. They did like eight hours of like tapes um, that have since been converted to, you know, something that he can actually watch because nobody has tapes anymore. But so that has always stuck out to me. I've actually been thinking about it more uh, in recent months. And I think it's just because, you know, grandparents getting older, you've seen them age and you've realizing, hey, you're not going to be able to do this forever. So, or have these conversations or hang out. And so it's been a little bit on my mind and it's something. And so I thought, given that rather than just pick someone out of the blue, I would couch it that way. I'm not sure that that's exactly a podcast, but maybe it's something that Logan and I can actually do at some point because I think it would be an interesting conversation. Talk about family history, talk about life. Maybe they would have some funny stories about us as kids growing up and like ridiculous things that we did. Um, And so that kind of was my third choice and when i was going through the list that's a good pick man yeah like i said credit was to mark to well to angle who sent me marty's book and then i read it and then i got it out of marty's book so which i would very much highly recommend and i know angle you would agree reading his book if you're into if, if you have any sense of uh you know sports small town south like he's got a lot of good stories in there yeah, I I agree. That would be a fantastic idea. Um, like you were saying, stories. I know I can think of off the top of my head a couple of stories from me ages five to nine that Grandma would love to be able to tell on a recorded thing. So, <laughs> and then we could save it forever, and who knows, your children and grandchildren to get to listen to it. <laughs> hey, we're doing this. We're we're gaining these podcast skills for some kind of reason. My exactly, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting on that Bojangles money to come in. Oh boy, or at least some Bowberry biscuits. Yeah. yeah, look, I'll settle for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so throw it over to Dustin for this week's bless your heart. Yep. All right. So in the past, I've talked about how in the mornings we're driving to uh, day, drop Emmy off at daycare. We listen to the Bobby Bones show. So uh, I pull this from that. I'm not. I'm at, it's not one of their tell me something good. I'm not ripping that off. Um, it's they were having a conversation, and apparently, one of the other guys who's on the show, Eddie, who's uh, on Instagram or, or Twitter or something like producer Eddie, if you want to find him, was criticizing George Strait's carrying your love with me and saying that specifically the line, because I'm carrying your love with me, West Virginia down to Tennessee. And he was claiming that's not that far. That's not that much love and basically giving it a hard time. So they just said, well, okay, well, what would it take for you to walk from West Virginia to Tennessee? And he had to think about it. And he came on a few days later and said he wanted to raise $10,000 for national angels, which is an organization that helps foster children and families. So they put it out there to their listeners. Last I checked, they raised $49,000 which means he's going to have to walk from West Virginia to Tennessee. Um, he, uh, the, he's starting to realize how big of a task that is now that he's <laughs> having to figure out how to map it. Um, but it's for a good cause. Again, National Angels uh, helps out foster kids. He, actually, Eddie has a couple of foster kids, and that's why he loves the organization. Um, if you go, if you Google Bobby Bones and National Angels, you can actually go and probably still give to the, uh, to the fundraising effort if you want to, but 
when I heard this story, one, I thought the charity sounded like great charity and something to highlight. But two, this is bless your heart, both in the traditional Southern sense and in the how we use it as a positive on this show. Because bless your heart for think for criticizing the king of country and getting yourself into a bad spot. But <laughs> bless your heart for helping out a, a good organization doing good work. Nice. Well done. Yeah, he uh he definitely saved it after speaking some ill things about the king of country. So <laughs> can't do that. And he's on country radio every morning. <laughs> Although not I guess not all of radio country radio country anymore but. yeah i mean that's that's a topic for another day it's a whole nother podcast <laughs> all chase rice all chase rice is full. <laughs> all right well for this episode of miserable and reckless i'm logan's in here with ryan morgan and dustin and we'll see you next time